the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about in terms of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts. That is beyond dispute. But is he on the right side of 33 years old for the Colts? And where does he stack up among those quarterbacks who are 33 years old or older? It's interesting to compare the 33-plusers against the 25-minusers and see where you would want to go in the short term, not in the long term, obviously. In the long term, who would you rather have? Ten years from now, would you rather have Kyler Murray or would you rather have Aaron Rodgers? Well, you'd rather have Kyler Murray ten years from now. Aaron Rodgers is going to be enjoying life in Malibu. Kyler Murray is still going to be playing in the NFL. So that's a question we want to ask. We also want to talk about the NBA draft. The NBA draft comes tomorrow night. There are guys on their way out of Indianapolis, and there are guys on their way into Indianapolis. Who's going to go? Who's going to come? We'll talk about that. And I also want to talk about greed. I'm not sure that I've gone into it deeply enough to talk about, like, the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, John Wall exercising the option, his player option, that's worth almost $50 million a year after only playing 113 games over the last five seasons. I want to talk about it a little bit because I, I, I think maybe I've just assumed that everybody here agrees with me, which is kind of an odd assumption to make. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now for Tuesday, Wednesday. Whoa, it's Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Johnson's Plumbing. You've got a plumbing problem. They've got a plumbing solution. It's what they do. They will fix your leaky pipes. It is just that easy. They will replace a balky hot water heater. They got it going on. Johnson's Plumbing, 765-610-8809 is the number. Smash that subscribe button. Punch the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Donate. Hit the hit the thanks button. We got it all going on this afternoon. Now let's talk about the Colts and let's talk about Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, where does he rank among those quarterbacks, kind of elite-level quarterbacks who are 34 years of age or older? All right, Ryan Tannehill's going to be 34. So we're counting him as a 34-year-old guy. We've really got six to rank. All right, you've got Brady, Rodgers, Cousins. uh, You've got Stafford. You've got Tannehill, and you've got Matt Ryan. Where do these guys rank? in terms of their ability to play in 2022. Not their ability to play in 2012, but their ability to play in 2022. Here's the way I've got them ranked. Aaron Rodgers is number one. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP, right? Tom Brady, number two. Tom Brady's going to be 45 damn years old, and he can still spin it, and he can still move well enough to avoid getting hit by a 300-pound behemoth going 18 miles an hour. That's pretty good. Tom Brady. Hats off to Tom Brady. Uh, Third, I got Matt Stafford. Look, Matthew Stafford's the guy who just won a Super Bowl. He put up ridiculous numbers when he was at Detroit, moves to the Rams, year one Super Bowl champ. You can't ignore Matthew Stafford. Then I've got Matt Ryan, who's 37 and is going to play for the Colts with a bunch of kind of unproven weapons, all right? Michael Pittman Jr. had a really good year last year. Alec Pierce, the second-round draft pick, 
Uh, you know what? We don't know anything about the way his game is going to translate to the NFL level. He was one player at Cincinnati, didn't get to 1,000 yards, just shy of, eight, of 900 yards, had uh, catches in the 50s. I think he had 52 catches. All right, he's got promise. Third, you got Paris Campbell, who's played 15 games in three seasons, averaging 15 divided by three, did they carry the one? Five. Five games he has averaged per season in his career. He's got to do better because the drop-off from there is significant, as we've talked about every day for about the last three months. Matt Ryan's going to have to make him better. Then you got uh, Mo Ali Cox. You've got Naheem Hines. Uh, you've got Jelani Woods, who's a new weapon, drafted uh, in 73rd. You've got a left tackle that may be leaky, may not be leaky. They're kind of trying to fix that position on the cheap. A little bit and good for Chris Ballard for doing that because if you're going to pay a guard around 18 million bucks like they're going to have to pay Quentin Nelson, you know what? You better get cheap someplace. And left tackle is as good a spot as any. So you got Matt Pryor and Bernard Ryman. But Matt Ryan, I've got the third or fourth best quarterback among those 34 years of age or older. Then I got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys who keeps putting up numbers, but he really doesn't win very much. He doesn't lose very much, but he doesn't win very much. 500 quarterback over the course of his career with uh, the the Redskins. I don't know if he ever played for the Washington football team. I know he didn't play for the Commanders, uh, the Vikings, the Michigan State pro, uh, prospect, prospect product has been really pretty good uh, throughout his NFL career kind of figuring out a way to get on the field and stay on the field, and good for him. And then I've got Ryan Tannehill picking up the, uh, the, the bottom. All right. Ryan Tannehill, I think it's okay. Which undrafted player will make the day one roster? I'll tell you, uh, I think it's JoJo Doman. Uh, I think when they, uh, when they turned loose uh, Glasgow, I think that that was because they believe Doman's going to be a better player. So I think he's got the best chance of making the opening day roster. I think Jack Cohn is going to be on the practice squad. And and there's some other guys who are kind of like flashing a little bit. But I think that JoJo Doman is that guy. Good question, and thanks for the donation. Much appreciated. Uh, the under 25 or 25 or under guys, you got Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Kyler Murray. I've got Kyler Murray over Mac Jones. Uh, but that's it. Those guys are ranked Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, Murray, and Jones. Who would you rather have this year as a starting quarterback to win this year? Not who you want to build the team around, but have for this year. I would much rather have Rodgers, Brady, Stafford, or Ryan than any of the other, than Jackson, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, Murray, or Jones. Much rather have the older guys. They kind of get it. They understand the game at a high level. They've proven that they can win at a high level. And among these guys, really the only guy who's proven that he, he can win is Joe Burrow, who's played like a season and a half and went to one Super Bowl with, granted, really, really good weapons. So I think that what we're talking about is uh, older better, at least right now. Now you get to a point, obviously, older is not better, and if you don't believe that, just ask my wife. 
Uh, let's talk about basketball. The NBA draft tomorrow night will be there, of course, at the Pacers practice facility, the St. Vincent Center, watching, trying to figure out what in the world Kevin Pritchard's going to do, and how do we do that? We do it the same way you do it. We follow Adrian Wojnarowski and his Twitter feed. That's what you do. And what we've found through Adrian, through ESPN, through some other people who are uh, Jonathan Givoni, um, Brogdon is on his way out from Indianapolis. He's going to be traded. It's just a matter to whom. There is demand for Malcolm Brogdon, which is great. You know, there are only two guys in the NBA who last year averaged 19 and a half, five and five, Jimmy Butler and Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is treated like some kind of abomination inside the city of Indianapolis. I've never kind of figured it out. He's very stoic, granted. He doesn't necessarily play like he absolutely loves the game. You get the feeling that maybe he'd rather be supplying water to the continent of Asia or Africa, and you can't blame him for that, right? you got to feel good about a guy who's willing to put his cash behind that kind and his attention to that kind of, of world calamity. However, we're in Marion County, Indiana, and we care about the Pacers winning basketball games and, and that becomes problematic when you got guys, one wants to be his own CEO and the other guy wants to uh, cure thirst in Africa, as noble a venture as that is. And that's Malcolm Brogdon. So is Brogdon going to the Knicks? The Knicks don't want to part with the 11th overall pick, so I think that's a non-starter. Now Washington, maybe you can get something from Washington. Maybe you can get 10 and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP. He carries a $14 million ticket this coming year. Then he's a free agent. Kind of nice to get a hold of a guy who's got that kind of dead money after this year associated with his name. Dead money's the wrong phrase. But you know what I mean. His contract is going to lapse, and all of a sudden you've got camp space that you would not have otherwise, and you get the number 10 overall pick. That would be a sweet deal. And if at the end of that, we got this from a uh, comment on the YouTube channel, uh, and if you could get Jaden Ivey at four, trade up to four, and then at 10 get Shaden Sharp, you got two kind of way high ceiling guys. And if they both pay off in three or four years, you are going to be really, really good in the NBA with Tyrese Halliburton, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, those guys all coming of age. You got a potential monster lineup but do you have enough basketballs to satisfy the hunger for those guys to score? I don't know. At any rate, that would be a lot of fun. We'd love to see that happen tomorrow night, but that is going to require the Sacramento Kings to be complicit in the Pacers acquiring Jaden Ivey, assuming that Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith and Paulo Boncaro go in the top three. Those three guys, according to the experts, God knows the experts are never wrong, they're going to go top three, which leaves Jaden Ivey as kind of the sexy pick at four. As, you know, the King, he doesn't want to play for the Kings. So maybe the Kings are motivated to move that fourth pick. The Knicks, highly coveted of that. Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Uh, nice donation. Very, very good. Look forward to seeing a lot of Colts fans in Arlington. I love going to baseball games in Arlington. Fantastic place to go see baseball games. I wish I was going to be there to see the Cubs and the Rangers. However, 
watching the Cubs under any circumstances. You know what? Paying for that privilege, even when the money doesn't go directly into the pockets of Tom Ricketts and his evil, evil family. Hard to stomach that kind of expense, I got to tell you the truth. Um, but this, what do you have to give up to the Kings in order to get the fourth overall pick? Well, you got to give up six and then a sweetener. Maybe Miles Turner winds up being that sweetener. Maybe maybe Turner and Sabonis are going to be reunited. That'd be something for the Kings to do. Only the Kings could pull off something that preposterous. Kings are the Knicks. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But really, today and tomorrow are the most fun days of the year to be Indiana Pacers fans. We know what's coming in the regular season. Draft night, everything is possible. You can win. The Pacers can win draft night. They can be the winner on draft night. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I would absolutely love to see that happen. If Turner, you, if you could trade him to the Hornets for the 13th overall pick and somebody to match up salary-wise, you, you get Brogdon to the, uh, to the Knicks for, um, or, or to Washington for Contavious Caldwell-Pope and 10, then you've got, and you slide up to four, four, 10, 13, 31, which you'd probably have to include in one of those deals. Wow, you got a path to making this team a whole lot better, and that'd be something. I want to talk about greed for a minute. Look, I keep dogging the guys who are going to the Live Tour for their unabashed greed. It's the only reason to jump is greed. It's not about anger with the PGA. These guys who are jumping, the eight guys who are ranked in the top 50, by the way, none of them in the top 15, those eight guys jumping to the Live Tour, they will make $540,000 per event guaranteed. Last place is guaranteed $540,000. Now, the PGA and all people, look, we are all capitalists. We all appreciate the value of a buck. You need a dollar. You know what I mean? You need to get paid. I get it. And there are people who do it, and there are people who do it with zeal. And I think that the people who are playing golf on the Live Tour are doing it for no other reason but greed. I don't mind a little bit of greed. Greed's best in moderation. And I always go back to uh, Roy Hobbs in The Natural, right? The great sports movie by Barry Levinson. Uh, Robert Redford plays Roy Hobbs, and he's talking to the judge who owns the New York Knights along with Pops, uh, Pops Fisher. And uh, Roy Hobbs... Oh, is, is lectured to by the judge. Oh, you're above the almighty dollar. Said, no, I appreciate a buck as much as anybody else, but I'm not going to let you steal this team from Pop. He wouldn't take the short money to run like a thief in the night and kick Pops Fisher out of baseball. See, there, there's like, pay me a fair amount, and I'm going to get as much damn money as I possibly can because that is the only scoreboard that matters in life. Those people, like uh, Phil Mickelson needs $200 million. He needs $200 million. Thank God for Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. Look, if you need any kind of hint as to what to do and how to do it as a golfer, look to Jack Nicklaus as your, as your mentor. Jack Nicklaus turned down over $100 million to run the Live Tour. He's 82 years old. He might not have the energy for it, but he certainly knows that greed does not pay in the end like a lot of people believe that it does. And setting yourself up for life. Look, 
I would only have to play, maybe this speaks to my modesty in terms of uh, craving wealth, but given the $540 minimum, that's what you make for last place on the Live Tour, I would need to play six events in my life to take care of myself forever and ever. If I was given $3 million in a year, it's over. I don't need to make another dime. I would live happily. My wife would live happily forever and ever and ever with that $3 million. So if I'll tell you what, you want to shut down this feed. Here's what you, although I wouldn't, I'd still do it. I don't do this for money. I do this because I enjoy it. But if I got $3 million, you know what? I'd still do it. But there would be, uh, that'd be it for me in terms of trying to, try, uh, uh, worrying about cash. Does that make more sense? I hope I'm making more sense. Some greed, good. Excessive greed, really, really bad. No greed, that's not good either. So you, you got to have just a little bit of want to in terms of making money, but not a whole bunch, you know? You can't take it with you, but your name's going to be on a trophy, the Wanamaker Trophy, the U.S. Open Trophy, uh, in the locker room at Augusta National, on the, uh, the Claire Jug. Those go on there forever. That's a legacy. Money's not a legacy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, about 8.15.